Welcome to the Accountability Buddies podcast. Join us each week as we discuss all aspects of the Christian walk and strive together toward Jesus. Hey friends, how are y'all doing? Hey, good. Good, we're good. good. What are you reading? Kathy? According to this outline we've created, I'm reading Boogers. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Buzzinga. Uh, yeah. What, uh, what what are you actually reading? Though? Um, in the Bible, I'm reading through Jeremiah. In okay. a physical book, I'm reading Austin Land by I think Sharon Hale, something like that. It's a good movie. Um, book is totally different so far. Not totally different, like different different aspects. Um, and then audio book, I'm listening to Mythos by Stephen <coughs> Fry. Sorry, what? Mythos. By Stephen Fry. The Fresh Maker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. He's like retelling, he's retelling Greek mythology as like a like a story. And so he has like voices for the different gods and it's Mythos, really the Fresh Maker. False gods. False gods. Ba- false gods. Those. Anyway, Laura, what are you reading? Let's <laughs> change this subject. Well, because I'm a good Christian. I'm reading Come Ye Sin... Uh, no, not Come Ye Sinners. That's a song. I'm reading Come Ye Children Who Are Sinners by uh, Charles Spurgeon. And when I say reading, I mean I'm listening to an audiobook because I don't have time to read physical hey, books anymore. Counts. So. I mean, I can't do audiobooks because I get distracted too much for it, but hey. It, audiobooks are really good for rocking babies. Oh, oh yeah, that I'm also listening to a second audiobook when I'm in the car with Jenny. We have our own audiobook that we listen to, just the two of us. Nobody's going to listen to this podcast if you keep saying embarrassing stuff. It's just Percy Jackson. I I rest my case. I don't know. She's just trying to piggyback off of Jenny's uh, accomplishments. Just love me in my nerdiness. Uh, We do love you. Appreciate that. Dana, what are you reading? Uh, I'm reading... Oh, actually, I'm rereading because I didn't finish it when we read it at church, in the church book club. Um, but I'm going back and rereading Everyday Faithfulness, The Beauty of Ordinary Perseverance in a Demanding World. That's a long title. That was a great um, by book. By Glenna Marshall. That was a great book. It was. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm only in the first chapter, and, I mean, it's pretty convicting already of just like, hey, if you want to be faithful, just be faithful. I feel like y'all made me One day at a time. reading like Christian books and I'm over here like Greek mythology, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you didn't do that until just now. Hey, you, you said didn't you were reading much... Jeremiah. I am, thank you. See, that's acceptable. And you also read a lot of volume, so yes. I I feel well, like I have to be pretty intentional with what I read because I don't read a lot. Well I think if we go through like the hierarchy of who reads the most, we have Jenny, who's like three stories above everybody else, then me than Laura than Dana. Yeah. yeah. It's accurate. Yeah, but this year I'm also counting on my Goodreads uh, children's book compilations. Okay. Compilations? What's yeah, that? so it's like a, a bunch of children's books by uh, specific authors. Like, it's not, it, I'm reading like multiple groupings, like a Richard Scarry set, and then there was like a HarperCollins published set. That's cool. And you can't count each, those individual books as. Those are picture um, books. I'm not going to because that's embarrassing. 
If you do that, you have to set your reading goal these, for like two hundred. These become like hundred something page books because it's so many of them combined. I just use the app for what it's there for to track. Oh, but you what know what? I forgot to bring you the kids book that you wanted to borrow. You wanted to borrow I a book. I do my kids. still want to borrow it. It sounds amazing. It's one of my favorite Bible studies stories. Which yeah, uh, it's one of the tales that tell the truth, and it is about uh, Elijah. And the prophets of the Baal. prophets of Baal. Nice. It's I think it's called the God Test, and so it shows like uh, that in the Old Testament when Elijah went up against the prophets of Baal, like all that he did, and that they were trying to test out to see whose God was real, and then it uh, shows how that's like an illusion uh, pointing to um, Jesus on the cross as like the ultimate God Test, where he proved his. Uh, godness, if you will. Yeah, I'm sure there's a biblical word for that that I'm unaware of. Um, by defeating sin, there. Yeah. So it's a, it's great. All of those are really precious stories, and almost all of them make me cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another fun fact about me: I love kids' books. They're so fun. My kids love that you love kid books. And a lot of them make also make me cry. Like The Garden, The Curtain, and The Cross. If you've ever read that, oh my word. That one is a good one. Dude, that book, I felt like such an idiot when I read it though. <laughs> because I like I read it and I was like, how have I never seen this before? Same. Am I that stupid? But no, it's just like the Bible's that, you know, that deep. Yeah. And, um, or just mining the riches. That's yeah. all. There's I'm excited for my kids many. that, you know, they get to grow up. With books like that. They have better resources mm-hmm. now. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's much. Well, I mean, there were great children's books when we were kids, too. Just not like this. Yeah. Totally different. Though. Sorry, I think well, we derailed enough. No, you are. That's fine. So today, we're going to talk about finding accountability and discipleship relationships and what that looks like, um, what it doesn't look like. Um, so what's the difference, first of all, between accountability and discipleship? They're the same thing. You're stupid. Huh? <laughs> You're fired, she said Kathy. they're the same thing. No. How are they I mean... Are? They're similar. They can have... Uh, discipleship they can, can have... They can be dis- integrated. Yes, discipleship should have an aspect of accountability. But accountability doesn't have to have dis- an aspect of discipleship. It might have a little bit. But you can do, yeah. I feel like the, uh, discipleship is a much broader term. Yeah. And accountability is like a specific aspect of that process. Yeah. And discipleship is more involved, Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Well, depending on how, I mean, you can do a bad job and it not be. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I mean, raise your hand if you've ever been in a bad discipleship relationship. Oh, for sure. Uh, everyone's and no one on hand hands are raised. Hand. Just so we were. Yeah. Raise your hand if you've ever been the discipler in a bad discipleship relationship. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oops. Oh, for sure. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Not you guys. That's a sorry to the hypothetical people who I've discipled. So how would you define discipleship? Like in... I could give you a long definition. I think discipleship can be different things. I think you need to have... um, at least two people in an agreed upon relationship for a specific purpose because uh you can disciple people in a lot of things if we're talking about biblical like biblically like they, a parole officer huh like a parole officer no you have a lot of experience with parole officers dana i mean no only in what i see on tv hey dana 
Yeah. Have you ever lied to us? Probably, yeah. Okay, just checking. Can I remember any of them right now? No, absolutely not. Oh, okay. Okay, what's your parole officer? What's his name? Explain. Oh, well, I was just thinking, um, like, a parole officer is just a checkpoint kind of thing to just check and see how you're doing. Whereas, um, if you're in a discipleship relationship, you're more apt to um, be more involved in the day-to-day of their life. Yeah, it's more like rehab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah rehab. It's more hands I also don't have experience in, in rehab, okay? Well, I mean, I think you have to clarify, too, that there's, like, good discipleship and bad discipleship, yes. right? Because, like, we all have preferred methods, but, like, personally, I think, like, the most beneficial for me has always been, like, a life-on-life discipleship where, mm-hmm. like, this is not just a person I see once a month or once every week or something, but these are people, like, I go to the grocery store with and, like, I fold laundry Living with. Living life with. Yeah, like, with. like, actually in the nitty-gritty day-to-day of your life. Because I know I've been, and I'm sure you guys have been too, discipled by people who, like, all th- at the end of the day aren't even, like, my friends. Like, as in they don't actually care about... Oh, for sure. Like, me and my needs. And so, like, how are you supposed to walk with me through hard things when you don't even know the hard things you know or like in those instances where it's not mutual discipleship in the sense of okay I'm opening up about my sin struggles and pouring my heart out and I feel like I don't know this person yet I'm doing it and they're not returning that openness I'm not saying like you have to have a Paul Barnabas person where you're like discipling each other but there, that vulnerability and openness needs to be well received like yeah, yeah I would call that like relationship collateral yeah like so you're giving out a lot of um of like risky deep-seated pain for instance or like a struggle Just and if that action. person doesn't reciprocate and tell you like something not necessarily like if you say like well I committed murder they need to say like there were sin or whatever but yeah. like if they're never telling you that they also are human and struggle, like, at the end of the day, you're going to feel really rotten because this person just knows all your crap and, like, you don't know anything about them. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to feel used. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, like, yeah. It, it's hard to trust someone in the first place, right? Yeah. Like, it's difficult to trust someone with our deepest, um, like, pain and embarrassment or, like, like our sin people hide sin for a reason it's embarrassing mm-hmm. we have guilt and shame yeah or even like not offering about like responding in a um an unhealthy way i guess or responding to um i had an a specific example pop up in my head i remember uh kathy we were in a community group together and i remember sharing something um just about the dynamic of my family relationship and um someone was some guy responded with well that's weird (laughs) and that was that was it and I was just like okay well never doing that again (laughs) not gonna share that group yeah that was was special hot hot mess yeah at best super sweet people I was super sweet people I think it was Good intentions, not well execution with that community group. Yeah. Community groups are hard, though. Yes. Like, people don't yeah. like to admit that because that's, like, real trendy in churches. But, like, they're actually really hard. It's hard to get, like... It's hard to gel when it's kind of not an organic community group. Yeah. Because I feel like we kind of have a community group 
with our group of friends at church, but it happened organically. Yes. It wasn't forced. That, yeah. I think that's the key. Because we were like, uh, okay. But even we would come together Sunday nights, but, like, we weren't checking really on each other. I think, like, throughout the me week. and you did. Yeah. We kind of had like a little pockets, pockets within the community group. Mm-hmm. I feel like that group had really helped our relationship yes. grow a lot. Yeah. I think I made finally Kathy found talk. me tolerable. Yeah, and I made you talk. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was, la- talk, it was much later that she found you tolerable. Like late yesterday? I would say mm. within the past six months. Even okay. now, That's sometimes, okay. you know, just depends. It's okay. Yeah. Just like you your Take it day by depends. day. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy. This is why she can't stand me. Oh, man. That was funny. Just for the record, as Straight far as ears. I know, Dana does not wear depends. Thank anymore. you. As far as I know. <laughs> Anyways. I love you. Um, so now me. that we've kind of explained what it is and what it shouldn't be, um, I know you mentioned, Kathy, like the Paul Barnabas relationships. Like, um, y'all go into what those different relationships are. What are they and what do they look like? So, um, I think if I'm answering correctly, like I would define there's like three kind of different types. So there's like, uh, you have someone who's like a Paul, like Mm -hmm. in the Bible, Paul, someone who's discipling you. And then Paul had a Barnabas. So he had mutual discipleship, someone who was like running alongside him at the same pace, the same vigor. And then Paul had a Timothy, someone that he had like spent time and invested in and raised up in the faith. Um, and so those would be the three I would say. It's like a Paul, Barnabas, and a, yeah. a Timothy. I think those have the most like clear evidence of discipleship relationships. Yeah. Okay, well, how do you find that? You ask or, your mommy. <laughs> ask my mommy? Yeah. My mommy's far away. So maybe sure. she knows someone. I think you just have to look t- at the people around you already. But you've kind of already touched about these relationships are best when they happen organically. Mm-hmm. So if you already have people in your life around you who are either going to be a Timothy or Paul or Barnabas to you, like you have to just, one, be in prayer and just prayerfully consider if this is the right direction to go, that's the right person to ask, but just be open to the awkwardness of asking somebody because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are wanting to be in discipleship relationships but they're just too afraid to ask because it's awkward in mm-hmm. any fashion whether you're asking someone to disciple you or you're asking to disciple somebody else or to go along life with you it's, it's awkward you don't want to oh, feel yeah. presumptuous about where you are in your walk and where that person is in their walk but you just you can't wait for someone to be the initiator Mm-hmm. You just have to just do it. Pull a Nike and just do it. Yeah. I think yeah. it it's kind of scary, though, because it's the same as, like, um, like you don't tell someone, I like, if you're in a dating relationship, I'll just drop some knowledge on you single people. Thank you. You're welcome, both of you. Uh, yes, you don't want to be... Show us the way, married person. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Uh, that you don't say, like, I love you until you know the other person's, like, going to say it back. Dana, just kidding. Um, <laughs> you don't say it till you know that person's gonna say the same. Like people do that on TV all the time, but like, that's just not normal. Like that's way intimidating. And so I think that's where 
nobody wants to be the one to say that and somebody be like, ooh, I don't think so. Awkward. Yeah. And I think there's a double problem of, like, there's a whole generation of people who nobody bothered to, like, disciple. Mm-hmm. And they think that's an excuse to not make a disciple. We're, yeah. we're all disciples of Jesus. So, yeah. like, you have a model. Just, like, do it. And maybe we're that means... to be disciples. Like, even just your family. Like, Laura, you raising your three children, like, you're discipling them. Well, I certainly hope so. I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we try. And, like, husbands should be discipling their wives. That doesn't mean that wife can't have other discipleship relationships, no. too. Um, but I would say that if a husband's failing to disciple his wife, that would be a problem in their home. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there are caveats to that. Like, obviously, there are men who aren't believers that are married to believing women. But, like, I think that's God's, like, ideal yeah. design for the home. For sure. Um, I also think in, like, discipleship relationships, it it's scary because of um like like you said like what if that person thinks like oh like why are they asking to disciple me i'm like i'm ahead of them but like you can always approach it by saying like i'm looking for like a barnabas and like mutually disciple one another and that takes like yeah all the awkwardness out that just might naturally progress into a paul timothy relationship and that's okay well yeah or it might fluctuate too depending on the season of life and i'm saying like okay i'm a paul i have to find a timothy or i'm a timothy i have to find a paul like just find somebody who you can walk through life with well and that is like crazy arrogant right it is crazy arrogant to walk around going i'm a paul i need to find my timothy like because how many times have you met with someone like one-on-one that you've known for a while at church and you actually start talking about the word with them and you're like oh gosh like they know the word like so much better than me and you're like embarrassed because you think more highly of yourself than you ought yeah um like i've had that happen to me where i was like whoopsies like Mm -hmm. i'm the weaker person in this not you and that's okay because you might have different life experiences in other areas that you can walk alongside that person why say it's important to be involved with the local church Mm -hmm. i think that's your first place obviously to start when looking for a discipleship relationship is you have to be present you have to know people to begin relationships um and just be open in a reasonable manner with people and try to just find those people around there that can be that discipleship relationship with you and i think it's also important if you're not sure or you're just like newer to a church like that's where church leadership is there like mm-hmm. they're there to shepherd you if you go to a bigger church and you can't necessarily approach your pastor um comfortably like go to whatever leadership is over you that you can like hey like i'm really wanting this type of discipleship relationship like can you help me find somebody they may know somebody who would be a great pick to be like plug you in and give it a go well, and I think another um, important thing to um, discuss early on is your expectations. If it's a formal discipleship relationship um, of how long you're going to meet um, and, like, what their expectations, like, especially if you're the discipler, um, what their dis- expectations are of that time. Because um, you don't want to prepare the wrong way, Um like you don't want to over prepare and then and then they come and you're just like 
Oh, I thought we were just going to, you know, chit-chat. That's not what this is for. I thought you were just buying me coffee. Yeah. No, this isn't a free meal. Um, Although it can be, but, you know. um, And I've been... I've been there before, too, where it's just like, um, what Kathy was talking about before, it's not reciprocated. Um, And so there can be some frustration and some um, just uh, failed expectations, I guess, if you don't set those early on. Um, Sorry, I interrupt. No, you're fine. I was like, you talking about like setting expectations just reminding me of like a great book I like highly, highly recommend anybody read you can read it in a day if you're like wanting to get into a discipleship relationship regardless of being the discipled or the discipler to read one-to-one bible reading that's by exactly David what Hell. i was thinking about yeah mm, no, it that's good. is a phenomenal book it's very straightforward and just breaks down um what a discipleship relationship is what it isn't practical tips to get started to end yeah. and even gives suggestions for reading plans um, based on different lengths of time that you want to meet it kind of helps answer a lot of those questions that you just talked about of how long are we going to meet whatever expectations mm-hmm. that book um, again one-to-one bible reading by david helm super super beneficial and helpful yeah that's really good and you also touched on kathy um people that go to a, like a bigger church and how to find um, how to find mentorship or discipleship relationships if you're in a bigger church because I mean the majority I would say of my life now I've been in a small church so it's it's different but I feel like um, when we were all together we kind of had we built a community within the bigger community um, which was helpful um, so it didn't feel big and that that was nice yeah. Um, but do y'all do you have anything to add to that? Of well, a lot of times big churches have like programs that you can jump mm-hmm. into uh, to do that, and I have heard mixed um, experiences from people. Obviously, your church might vary on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really good if you seek someone out that's maybe not in your same age and stage. Which, at, you know, a lot of bigger churches, you tend to associate only with people in your same age and stage. So, like, you and I, the three of us, would not be in the same Bible study groups or, like, interacting, really, in most bigger churches. Because I have kids and, and y'all don't um, yeah. right now. And so we wouldn't see each other. And even someone who maybe has a 15-year-old kid, I probably wouldn't interact with. So, like, who's going to teach me age. how to... Yeah, who's going to teach me how to, like handle for the this kid. For future stages like yeah. you guys have like I, one of the benefits i think of smaller churches at times not every small church can be like that you can interact with people in different the situations yeah and, and you guys actually have a lot of experience with kids which is helpful to me too um but like i would say like living. seeking people yeah for real. <laughs> seeking people outside of that so like uh, you know if you're a woman in your 30s like there's nothing wrong with finding a woman in her 60s and asking her to like spend time with you mm-hmm. um it doesn't have to be the most formal thing but it can be really beneficial mm-hmm. and it, that might be harder in a bigger church but like that's probably where you could go like I think Kathy mentioned to uh a, maybe a lower level pastor within your church and say hey who do you know that might be a good fit for me mm-hmm. that's 
Good. Okay, well, let's uh, switch gears um, and talk about accountability. What can an accountability relationship look like or not look like since we'll probably get into both? Um, so I think, like, our relationships here, like how we interact are mostly focused on like bible reading Mm -hmm. but i think you can and should um have accountability for like anytime you have a goal or a struggle and i think guys kind of do a better job of that like especially with things like pornography because men are so willing to like speak openly about Mm -hmm. like struggles with pornography but like women don't really Mm -hmm. i I mean the statistics though if you look at it it's it's not that different no uh statistically today on women struggling with pornography and men but, like, I mean, I, now having seen and heard, like, my husband, like, people ask men that, like, very directly questions about stuff like that and hold each other accountable. So that's probably something women could do a little better. So I guess anytime you have a, a goal, like, I want to read more of the Bible, I want to be more faithful in this area, yeah. I want to serve more, I want to uh, struggle with this specific sin less that's where accountability relationships can really help. I think a lot of it is like just building new habits and having somebody check in to make sure that they're becoming habits. And it needs to be somebody kind of aggressive. Yeah. Like or knows how to like push those buttons but in a good way. Mhm. Like you can't have like uh, the temptation, right, is that like you're struggling with something and you're like, "Well, let me pick this person who's like on the outskirts of my life to uh hold me accountable." Because I don't mind lying to them, <laughs> or I don't mind, uh, I, I don't know, like, if I lose them over this, like, eh, that would not, that's not good. No. You need someone yeah. who's going to know you. Yeah. And know whether or not you're lying. Uh-huh. And who's going to be, like, diligent enough to actually check in, and I should be like, oh yeah, I'll totally check in, and you never hear from them, or you hear from them once, and then it's nothing, you need to have someone, like... I think all four of us, Jenny included, again, we'll get her here eventually, but we all check in with each other, and we're not afraid to kind of call each other out when, like, hey, you've been silent for a week, what's up? And it's just, and that's all it is, and just trying to encourage that person. Is that all it is? I feel like sometimes there's bullying. Okay, it depends on how long it's been. And how stubborn they're being, Dana. Oh, yeah. I thought that was going to come around to me and bite me. But. Love you. Don't don't be stubborn. Hmm? Don't be stubborn. Oh, well, you know me too well. So. (laughs) I don't know. The problem is we're all varying levels of stubborn in this friendship. Yes, I am not very stubborn. Kathy's moderately stubborn. Dana is very stubborn. Laura's also the number one liar. (laughs) That might be true. Maybe. What? <laughs> the same, maybe. Do I need to um, truth gun you, Dana? I'm go a little, huh? No. What are you lying to us about? Nothing. She says she can't remember. Hmm. That's fishy. Blaming her old age. I know. Um, I'm gonna go a, a little off script and ask you what your accountability language is. Like, how do you receive accountability the best way? Is that the, a better way to say that? I hate it. <laughs> do you know what that's from? Yes. What is it? Harry Potter. 
Are you serious right now? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. That's Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I promise. What character? Dobby. <laughs> Come on. That Gollum. Gonna pee on your doorstep. <laughs> it's so fun to mess with you over that. Maybe happy. Uh, so wait, what was the question? Um, how do you best receive account uh, accountability? Um, or someone asking you hard questions, I guess. Uh, via text message where I can ignore them. <laughs> what is the um, most effective way? Though? Oh, uh, I think if you like, just the consistently like asking. Um, like if I know someone's gonna ask. That's the most helpful. Like the peer pressure? Yeah, like, well, yeah. just knowing like, and anticipating it. But, like, if I ask, if I say, like, uh, hey, Dana, if you could hold me accountable to, like, I'm going to use a non-church example, like, logging my food in the Lose It app, and then Dana does not check in with me for, like, five days, I'm going to assume she's never going to mm-hmm. check with me, and I'm not going to do that mess. However, if Dana's diligent and, like, she is checking with me, I probably will do it because I'm like, well, crap. So you don't want to disappoint her. Yeah, yeah. I need, like, that... I need the Guilt. knowing, you know. Kathy? Um, honestly, I do really well when you, like, bully me into it or verbally abuse me. Um, Into doing something. She also responds to... I respond to peer pressure. I would say physical assaults. Physical sometimes. assault. Oh. Yeah. Just wow. beat me up and I'll be fine. I'll do it. Oh, awesome. No, honestly, most of the time, like... I, it sounds bad, but legitimately, you can't kind of bully me into it because I'll give in and it's fine. Yeah, mine is a uh, fear of embarrassment. Like if someone calls me out, if I if I think for a minute that I'm gonna get called out in a crowd for not doing something, and they're like, "Hey, do you remember that one time we were on a diet and uh, our pastor yes, in that situation called us out for like, eating tacos in front of like everyone?" that well that was more out of spite and vengeance because y'all cheated without me okay what is tell tell the tell the crowd you don't remember that no he was teaching like gluttony or something and we were eating healthy we just started and we ate junk food without dana and she like ratted us out Uh, to him because we were all supposed to be doing paleo and oh, we, we ate tacos. <laughs> and you're like, we're at Velvet Taco. And I'm like, oh, no, you're not. And just texted our pastor. And I was like, hey, um, can you use these two uh, hoodlums as an example tomorrow? Because this is what happened. And he's hey, like, oh, yeah, I'm in. I love it. They were delightful. And they, they I were. mean, it, it's probably healthy, yeah. basically. I just keep telling yourself that. It's just refined ingredients that were once paleo. Yeah. I'm not a caveman or a woman. Yeah. What is a woman? That's for another episode. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, we're not, oh, not getting On that note, thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when we release new content, a.k.a. what is a woman. Um, no and as always, we hope you'll find time this week to spend time with Jesus and your own accountability buddies. Ooh, I'm not going to mess it up. I'm not. <laughs>